Hello and welcome to today's conversation. My name is Josie Thompson and today we're going to be speaking with my dear friend and colleague, Dr. Jeffrey Schwartz. Let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Schwartz. He's one of the world's leading experts in neuroplasticity and the co-founder of the neuroleadership field. He's a sought-after speaker and best-selling author of Brain Lock, and more recently, You Are Not Your Brain and The Wise Advocate. Jeff has been practicing mindfulness within a structured cultural tradition for over 40 years, and he has sustained a formal daily practice of at least an hour every day for over 30 years. Today, we're going to talk about changing our habits in crisis. Welcome, Jeff. Yes, hi, Josie. So, Jeff, why is it important for us to really pay attention to our habits during this time? Well, the thing is that all of us have a lot of habits wired into our brain because one of the really most utilized areas of our entire brain is a structure that could reasonably be called the habit center. And um, the, the formal name of it is the striatum. And this, this is an area of the brain that we actually share with, with rodents and birds. So it, in many ways, it's a, a primitive area, but it's extremely efficient in how it works. And what it does is wire in automatic behavioral patterns and even automatic thought patterns. Now, as long as the, the, the habitual patterns that are wired in to the brain are adaptive, it's extremely advantageous because it's very efficient. And here's the primary thing. It mm. happens without us even knowing it. So, so habits are behaviors that we do without really needing to and often without even thinking about it or being aware of it. Mm. And when they're adaptive, that could be extremely helpful. In fact, we couldn't live without it. Mm. But the thing is that under stress, which of course is now a period when people are under a lot of stress, we are not often aware that the habits which kick in even more under stress because the thinking part of the brain can get overwhelmed under stress. And because of that, we can tend to start doing habits even more than normally under stress. And the big problem is sometimes those behaviors don't match what's called for in the stressful situation. And, mm. and, and so that's why we particularly need to sort of pay attention and, and, and use mindfulness or what we call the wise advocate to really question ourselves about the patterns of our responses and assess whether the habitual behaviors that normally would be perfectly fine are fine under the stressful circumstance. So talk a bit more about mindfulness and the wise advocate because this is a this is the key right to to being aware and being able to hit the reset on some of these behaviors. Yes, absolutely. Mindfulness is the key and 
It's always available. And we use the term wise advocate, which means our inner loving guide that we can always call on and have an inner dialogue with and discuss situations with that helps us be more observant of our inner and even outer perspectives in terms of whether the behaviors we're doing are appropriate to the circumstance. For instance, a lot of people might habitually get up at a certain hour and make coffee and get ready to go and and sort of be in a, you know, on the move behavioral pattern because that's what they do every morning. And now for a little over a week where I am in California and different amounts of time in other places, you're in a completely different kind of circumstance. And, 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 and so, so you might find yourself sort of waking up feeling in a rush, waking up feeling pressured without even really realizing that there's actually nowhere to go and, and the other people in the house don't have anywhere really to go either. So it might well take a conscious effort to sort of calm yourself down and sort of ramp down the, you know, it's time to go response because there are, there are also rhythms of the day that are called circadian rhythms that behavioral patterns kick in at certain times. And of course, there are many, many other examples that, that we could come up with where our normal pattern of behavior, our normal pattern of, of what we do at a certain time every day is no longer the correct pattern under these circumstances. And, and so we need to have that inner dialogue to remind ourselves wait a second, um, there's no rush. It's not the time now. It's actually more staying in a, a calm demeanor. That's what's called for in, in, in this circumstance. So, so having an, so, an appropriate inner narrative in that way. I think what you're saying here too, Jeff, is the fact that these times are not normal. The context within which we're being asked to operate is not normal anymore. So what the, these patterns of thought or behaviour that we have been utilising that perhaps served us well under normal context are no longer the right things necessarily to do in this changed context and the environments that we, we find ourselves in. So how do we even start to begin the reset? Okay, so that, that was an excellent summary of... of, of the framework where understanding how the brain works really comes in is is then you can actually realize why there's a mismatch between what you're finding yourself doing and the very non-normal circumstances that we're now under and it's it's because of this this very primary powerful deep efficient part of the brain that runs behaviors without us even really knowing it or thinking about it. Once we know that those behaviors just happen automatically, number one, we're not surprised that we're in a situation where we have to think things through more. And number two, we're not, we're not overly concerned that it's going to take some effort to calm ourselves down and, and change our behaviors to fit the new different circumstances that we're currently in. Mm. So the inner narrative part of it is extremely helpful and having the wise advocate to refer to 
And obviously there are also things like breath awareness exercises, you, you know, various kinds of calming things. I think now people know there's a lot of internet resources and apps on calm on, you know, things that can calm you and, mm. and exercise yoga, etc. But even okay. now, mm. you, you can't go out and exercise in a gym the way you might be used to. So mm. even that is a significant change. You know, you have mm. to sort of have different patterns of exercise that are more appropriate to not being able to go to a gym to do them. Okay. So there's quite a few concepts here for people to kind of get their head around. And I want to make this really simple. What we're saying is that whilst our circumstance and context have significantly changed and we are now being called to adapt and this this adaptation is challenging because it means, you know, changing the ways we think and behave in more conscious ways so that we are actually responding to our changing circumstances in the best way possible to be able to respond instead of react. In order to do that, what we're saying is there's a capacity within each of us to connect into and with an inner loving voice that can help us make the best decisions for the circumstance we find ourselves in moment to moment. So what Dr. Schwartz and I are trying to do now is to talk about how do we even begin that process? What practical steps can we take right now to start to connect with that inner loving guide? So the breath awareness, um, if, I guess, is worth because, because there's there's nothing simpler or more straightforward that will essentially automatically get you sort of centered and and um, and in touch with the inner loving guide. If now, if you happen to be a person who you know regularly consults some aspect of their inner loving guide well that's great i mean then you're considerably more prepared and and that's one of the reasons why you know having a belief system that lends itself to that kind of orientation is extremely helpful in times of stress like this but for for a simple to describe exercise we use a breath awareness exercise and even just two breaths just two breaths can go a long way to calming you down if you just remember these simple, this simple technique, which is you breathe in while be, being aware of the feeling of the movement of the air as it enters the nostril. And, and I like to use a count that slows down the breath a bit and makes it easier to be aware of the feeling of that moving air as it enters the nostril. And the count goes at this pace about like this. One, two, three, one. And then when you breathe out, one, two, three, two. And then when you breathe in again, it's one, two, three, two, three, one, two, three, three. And then when you breathe out again, one, two, three, four. So it's, I'm breathing in, one, two, three, one. I'm breathing out, one, two, three, two. I'm breathing in, one, two, three, one. One, two, three, three on the second breath. I'm breathing out, 
one, two, three, four. And then you've completed two breaths and then you can just do another cycle of two breaths or you can just stop after two breaths and collect yourself and sort of ask yourself, you know, what's going on right now? And, you know, what should I be doing now? What's the best thing to do right now? And just calming yourself so that, that you're, you're aware of what you're doing and aren't just acting automatically. So the purpose of the breath exercise is to still ourselves, to still the activity in our minds and to become much more mindfully aware of what's going on within ourselves to disconnect from what's going on outside, but just to become aware of what's going on inside. And that includes the activity of the mind. And by focusing on the breath, what we're doing is giving our brain and our mind permission to focus in on one point, which actually activity, it's an activity, it's active, which actually calls for us to tune into this active breath which then calms down and stills the mind and the nervous system and then allows us to have clarity to be able to discern the right next thing to do. Exactly. And the way we just described that is just the short two breath calming down introduction. But Mm. even that many people find useful. That easily becomes an exercise that can last two minutes Mm. or so by just keeping going for a little bit longer. When you do that, and even just two breaths, you can see it, even I messed up the count. So it happens, you know, one can even lose count within one or two breaths and that's okay. Um, But if you try to do a couple of series of two breaths in a row, you will find that it's likely that your mind will wander and you'll lose count. That's perfectly okay. You just notice that and bring your attention back and start again from the first breath. One, two, three, one. Mm. And then out one, two, three, two. Yeah. And the whole point, if even if you notice that you've been distracted or lost count, just the fact that you notice it, you are being aware, you are being mindful, you are tuning in to being present right now. And then you can direct the focus of your attention to where you want to be more consciously. And that's what mindfulness is really all about, creating that discipline of mind to be in the present moment experience. Right. And, and accepting what's there and taking note of it and and notice that on the one hand you're just using the in out breath one breath two breaths one two three one one two three two one two three three one two three four that's to just calm center be aware of the movement of the air if you keep going if you keep the exercise going for a couple of breaths, rather than it just being calming, you're actually, in addition, training your attention 
and training your mind to be aware of what you're paying attention to so that you actually become aware of when the mind has wandered. And that really is more the mindfulness part than the actual calming part. The calming and the mindfulness are related, but they're not the same. First, you get the calming part, that centered feeling where you're paying attention. The mindfulness part is when you're aware of what it is that you're paying attention to. And that very much includes when the mind has wandered. So you're trying to pay attention to the feeling of the movement of the air in repeated breaths. That means the feeling of the movement of the air is the object of mindfulness, the thing you're trying to pay attention to. Naturally, the mind will wander. It always will happen. Not on every breath, but especially when you're starting out, within every couple of breaths, it will happen. That's perfectly okay, because all we're really trying to do with mindfulness is become aware of the fact that we've lost count and start over. So in fact, Becoming aware that you've lost count and start over is, in fact, mindfulness itself. That's an act of mindfulness. So you can be paying attention to the feeling of the movement of the air. That's good. But when the mind wanders and you become aware of that and bring it back to the breath, that's just as much an example of mindfulness as being aware of the breath itself. When you are repeatedly able to keep your attention on the feeling of the movement of the air as it goes in and out of the nostril, you will find that the calming is enhanced. And the enhanced calming enhances your capacity to pay attention. And so mindfulness and calming can really work together in that way. So Jeff, what has all that got to do with our capacity now to change our habits, to respond more adaptively to events going on around us and to situations right now? Okay, so the answer to that question is actually pretty straightforward. The key point to remember about habits and the key point to remember about how the brain works with habits is that they're either completely below the level of attention and awareness, or they take very, very little attention to do. They have Mm -hmm. a genuinely automatic quality. Mm -hmm. Now, on the first two breaths where you're calming yourself, you're getting ready to pay attention and become aware of, okay, what am I doing right now? And what was my habit going to be directing me to do without me even being aware of it? So when mindfulness comes in, and mindfulness is very much a form of paying attention. In many ways, you can think of mindfulness as paying attention to what you're paying attention to. Mm -hmm. And and, um, we like to say it's like an outer perspective on your inner experience. And that's why the wise advocate is really, really the term we use for mindfulness, because Mm -hmm. because the wise advocate is watching and helping you watch. 
And it's this act of paying attention that is required to change a habit because the first thing you have to do is become aware of the fact that you're doing the habit and that takes a special action of the mind. It really takes mindfulness to become aware that you're doing a habit because habits are so automatic and so many of them are below the level of attention. Mm-hmm. So, so that, that's why mindfulness and the wise advocate are so important for changing habits. And here's another point that neuroscience is very good on helping us understand why. It takes a lot of energy to stop a habit. People, you know, kind of know that, but they don't think of it that way. Habits are so energy efficient and so automatic that they just run themselves. To stop a habit from happening takes energy in the front of the brain, in in the frontal part of the brain, which is where the uniquely human part of the brain is located. Mm -hmm. So to stop a habit or so-called inhibit a doing a habit takes a lot more energy than Mm -hmm. doing the habit, a Mm -hmm. lot more. And so it takes almost essentially no effort to do the habit. That's automatic. It takes significant effort to stop the habit from occurring. Once you realize yeah. that, that, that that's how the nervous system works, you won't be surprised that you have to make a special effort to be aware of the habits and to prevent them from occurring because that's how the nervous system works. Yeah, and one thing I want to say here is what we're doing is wanting to encourage people to not only more consciously Um, become aware of their habits and to discern whether they're still useful in their current changed context, but also how to respond when you're being triggered, you know, in those moments where you could easily just react in a mindless way, how can you respond in a more mindful way, taking into account the, the bigger picture and what the, the consequence of the way you're going to respond? Absolutely. That I mean mm-hmm. that that's that's the that's the big picture, and that and and my and with mindfulness, we're really again it brings online and activates this frontal part of the brain, and that's also the part of the brain that keeps us focused on appropriate goals and keeps us focused, keeps our attention going in the direction where we can actually ask ourselves the question, ask the wise advocate to help us understand, am I going towards my goals or away from my goals? And when habits are leading you away from your goals, then you need to spend the effort and the energy to stop that behavior, which is happening Mm -hmm. automatically and make the switch to a new set of behaviors. When you do the new set of behaviors, numbers of times, they start to become habits themselves. And that's how you positively change your habits. So, and the thing that I I really want people to understand is that in order to change a habit, you first need to be aware when, when the impulse or craving comes up. And then you need to start paying attention towards the new pattern that you want to engage. Then you need repetition 
and then you need positive reinforcement. So every time you get it right, every time you do the new behavior that you're wanting to engage in, you need to give yourself some positive acknowledgement and and feedback to say, yay, I did it. You won't get it right every time. And all you have to do is self-correct. All you need to do is learn, take the lesson and decide that you're just going to do this better next time and just keep at it. It is a very, you know, intentional and energy consuming activity to change a habit, but it's very well worth it. Right. And it happens easier than or faster than you you might think. Now, uh, it is important to recognize, don't be disappointed if you find Mm -hmm. yourself in the middle of the behavior, because because having enough mindfulness to actually see when the habit is starting, that that turns out to be a very high level of mindfulness. These, Mm -hmm. These habits happen so automatically that that all we really want to do is become aware of them before they happen for too long. So, so catching yourself in, 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 in the habitual behavior, that's fine. And you can see how there's a relationship between that and the mind wandering that mm-hmm. happens when, you, when you're doing the breath awareness exercise. Because when the brain is, is left to just sort of its own devices, it wanders away and starts doing habitual behaviors, which are, you know, wired in very, Mm -hmm. very deeply and automatically and thinking automatic thoughts, because that's another thing to also be aware of is automatic thoughts are run to a very significant degree by that same habit center of the brain. So Mm -hmm. you'll notice thoughts, patterns, habitual thoughts, patterns, habitual behaviors, you know, you don't even really have to catch them in the beginning because it's very hard to do that. I mean, but what you want to do is not let them just keep going on and on and mm. on. And when you do catch them, become aware, consult with your wife advocate to just move attention away. And, and don't be surprised when it takes effort to move your attention away. And that's why it's good to have a set of alternative behaviors ready to go that you keep mm. in, in a diary or, or practice sheet that you just you 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 know that there are alternative things that you want to do under those kinds of circumstances yeah one of the things I do when I'm triggered is I put my hand up to my chest I take a deep breath and you know if if the words the wise advocate which is a foreign term for a lot of people don't come to mind you can simply just take that breath close your eyes down if you can so you can shut out all the visual distraction and tune into the inner world And just ask yourself very gently, very kindly, what would my wise, loving inner guide advise me to do right now? Exactly. And when you do that, the little quiet voice inside actually knows what you need to do, how you need to respond. And sometimes it's about parking your ego and it's about doing the right thing right now. Yeah. And one every, and it doesn't have to be big. It can be little. I mean, yeah. that's, that's another extremely important mm. point. It can be very little. I mean, yeah. anything, I mean, as simple as bringing your mind to the next breath, bringing your attention to the next breath mm. is an extremely good example. The, the breath awareness exercise is a good model for the entire pattern of behavior. The mind wanders, you become aware, you bring it on to something else that, you know, that's constructive. Mm. And, and it could be simple behaviors, familiar behaviors. And, and, and of course, they will become familiar the more you do them. And the more you do them, the more they get wired in to the habit center. And then the good habit replaces the not so good habit. 
So to, to wrap up this conversation, this was all about how to adapt our habits in times of crisis. Jeff, any final words of, or nuggets of wisdom here? Right. So the, the important thing to remember is don't be surprised. Don't be disappointed. Don't blame it on yourself when your brain basically sends you in this habitual behavior that is not really relevant to what's going on in a changed circumstance, because right now we're all in a changed circumstance. So don't, don't let self-criticism creep in and take over, because that's a very habitual pattern of thought from that same habit center that is very problematic. That's where the inner loving guide can really help you disengage from the self-criticism and just place your attention on some simple, constructive thing that you can absolutely have ready to go, that you've thought mm -hmm. through to be ready to go and, and just start thinking about or doing that. Thank you, Jeff. And I hope this has been really useful for you. Remember that we can't always control what's going on around us, but we actually can manage how we respond. So go well, stay safe, and until next time, take good care of you. Bye for now. Bye. Upon the pure eyes, you can shine.